From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. The finer things in my life, so I hustle, hustle. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, Crucial Moment Management, the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week, and that fourth quarter and moving forward. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, cptallybar.com. That's the website. You know that already. Shout out to everybody who did come out and hang out and knows firsthand now just how cool the Corner Pocket is. After Friday's happy hour with Jeff Cameron and Corey Clark, I've got a I've got a list of people. I just want to go and thank them now as, at the top of the show, Corey. Mm, if you don't right, have any let's up, do it. objections, let's do it. A shout out to Todd and his lovely wife. Was it Gina? You said Corey. I feel like Gina is the right okay. name. Yes. From California, uh, apparently he's uh, he grew up in Florida for fears of his life and has been in California ever since. His late sister went to Florida State. It was his first time in Tallahassee. Wish we could have gotten the dub, but awesome to meet you nonetheless, Todd. Met a Chris, a James, a Tim from Cape Coral, uh, who said, uh, I think he finally got power back. Thankfully, Ooh, man. Nice. Uh, a Kendall, Chris, a dude by the name Dan the Man, Brandon, and I think his girlfriend, Aaliyah. And then we're going to go to Indigo now. Wes, Danny, a Daniel, my dude, Tony Cleveland, a.k.a. Cleve Dog, Tommy, Chris and Danielle, Dante, Jonathan Cook, Bob and his son, Bobby, Jordan, the man they call Van Hammer. Uh, that's my list, Corey. Anybody else you want to add on to that? Tony Cleveland, by the way, is an incredible name. It's amazing. It's, he's, I he's mean, the that's dude. Like a, that should be a CBS like drama, 10 o'clock on Sunday nights. Let's he, see what Tony Cleveland's getting up to. He's, um, he's such a then, nice guy. He's so optimistic. Uh, he's, he's, oh, he's well, a great that's dude. good. Yeah, there's, he's awesome. There's some reason for optimism. And oh. I would say... Um, all that, all that is great. I want to give a shout out to the Staples, the Pillars, mm. uh, Shane, Michelle, James B, uh-huh. um, Eric Angel. They always show up, which is awesome. Uh, James B actually came to the uh, the uh, happy hour event with uh, Jeff and I, which I don't think he normally gets to do, but he came over Friday night, so that was fun. He's got a great tailgate setup, by the way. I hung out with him for a little bit on Saturday, and then Mark and Michelle from Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, they're all over the country, man. California, Connecticut. Of course, uh, I knew Michelle because I met Michelle and Mark um, the previous week in Raleigh um, with some friends just randomly. And then I knew they were coming into town. I told them to come to Corner Pocket. And I knew what would happen, that Stephanie would end up becoming her best friend. Mm -hmm. And it happened so quickly. And so (laughs) it's just an inevitability that, yes, now they're, you know, they're texting back and forth. Did you get home okay? I can't wait to see you again. They've invited us to the Boston game. Uh, yeah, they're just they're going to be best friends. So that's what Stephanie does. Just like with uh, Shane's Michelle. Mm. Stephanie loves the Michelles, man. She yeah. loves the Michelles. But it's a it was a it was a it was a it was a disappointing game. But I'm glad that they got to see some fight. I hope the people that came from California, and Connecticut, stayed. Like, don't come all this way and leave. Or, you know, middle of the third quarter. And you would have gotten to see a little drama there at the end. So uh, I, I wish they would have gotten to see a win, but it was not a 59-3 to uh, debacle like a few years ago. Yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about fight quite yet, but let's get to it. Florida State loses their third in a row. All three ranked opponents, Wake Forest, NC State, and then this past Saturday, of course, Clemson, 34-28. to We'll probably discuss at some point later on the show whether that final score was just indicative of maybe how close or not close uh, the game was. As usual now, which has become their calling card, which is a kind of a cool thing, uh, they look absolutely amazing on their opening drive, Florida State, when it comes to having the ball offensively. Mm. It's yeah, a thing sure. of beauty. Uh, it makes you, uh, I don't know who, I think maybe he's repped by uh, uh, the Sexton fella, Jimmy Sexton, but like if, uh, if you're Mike Norvell's agent, you probably should just always be calling Michael Alford like right as soon as your your guy gets the ball to start off a game because they just go march down the field and make Clemson look absolutely a futile. None of this makes sense, Corey. They outgained Clemson by 90 yards. They had five fewer penalties, 10 yeah. more first downs. And again, it's a 34-28 game, but it really didn't feel like it was a one-possession game even though Florida State, you know, fought 
till the end of it. These crucial situations that we heard about from Alex Atkins during the NC State game that maybe didn't go their way, how many of them didn't go their way on Saturday? Because it feels like it all kind of started in the first half and then moments once the second half started, it just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I, I don't know if we expected them in one week to fix all of this sort of stuff, but the fact that they stressed it, it was something they obviously acknowledged, but they still, on fourth and two, you miss a wide-open guy right pretty much in front of your face. Mm -hmm. uh, you yep. fumble the ball uh, to close out the – I mean, you're going in and possibly – I mean, you're set up to probably take the lead going into the halftime, and then you end up finding yourself down by 10. Uh, I mean, these sort of situations – I get it, man. If they had better players, you feel a little bit better because you've seen the way this guy does coach with what he has. Uh, but I just don't know how, how do we judge what they are, what they can become to what we saw on Saturday and, and where they're at right now. Do you think after watching that game, the totality of it, not that five-minute stretch to end the first half and begin the second half, but the totality of the game, do you think that Florida State is an 8-4 and four football team-ish? Probably. Yeah, I do too. Like I, 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 and that's why what happened in Raleigh still should sit with you and eat at you because that's the game you gave away. I don't think you gave this game away. I, I, you know, I think the better team won. Although, like you said, you put up ninety yards more offense. I, I think the better team won. I think Wake Forest is a better team than you. I don't like, you know. Look, you talk about this is a head coach that preaches a lot about response and a lot about mental toughness. Well, that's two home games in a row where you've given up a 27 to nothing run and a 28 nothing run in two straight home games. Now, you fought back. You, you had a chance late in the fourth quarter get a stop, recover an onside kick. You're right there. That's great, and that's commendable. But you can't be a good team and give up 27 to 0 runs two straight home games. You just you can't do it. Um, I mean, you, and Florida State has. So... That, to me, is the most concerning element of it, is why does it, when it goes bad, does it go bad in such a devastating way? Like, just a field goal in that instance. One touchdown in that stretch where you don't let a team go on a 28 to nothing run or a 27 to nothing run. If you sprinkle in a score of your own, even as your defense is struggling, you might win both those games. So it's just a, it's a combination of the defense not playing well for a long stretch and the offense not being able to help. And then in Raleigh, it was a completely different scenario. The offense was just inept in the second half while the defense did its part. But so when you look at the totality of the team and where it's at, it's like, okay, they are an eight and four-ish team in my mind. Now, look, man, you have to win Georgia Tech. It would be nice if you beat them convincingly. You have to win that game to get back on the right track. If you lose to Georgia Tech, all bets are off. The wheels are officially off. The wheels are struggling a little bit right now, but I would not say they're off this off the bandwagon at all are the wheels aren't off this vehicle at all i yeah. you know you lost to you lost to three ranked teams two teams that were better than you that happens i don't like the way it kind of spirals when it goes bad it goes really bad that's something that what this man preaches needs to be corrected and yes you're right better players would help um but still they're not horrible players and you know so there's two ways to look at it right aslan like i get you don't want, and we're not going to start right now about, hey, aren't you proud of the fight they showed in the in the in the fourth quarter? Which you could be. I'm not dismissing that, but man, that defense was a train wreck, in my opinion, in the first half. It was an absolute train wreck. It gave you nothing, and that is not a great offense you went up against. That to me was the most concerning part of the whole deal, because the offense, I mean, you ran for 160 yards in the first half. So even if you want to discount garbage time, quote unquote. You ran for 160 yards in the first half of a game Clemson had to win. That is really encouraging. What's discouraging is how you play the moments. The turnover is a killer. Your defense doesn't force turnovers. As Norvell pointed out aptly, you played three ranked teams in a row. You forced one takeaway in three games. That ain't going to get it done, man. You can't lose the turnover battle like you're losing the turnover battle. And it's not like Florida State is a turnover machine, but one turnover... Two turnovers a game would turn the game around, but you don't force them. And um, that's just, uh, that was really discouraging, um, even though I thought the offense, by and large, was good. I mean, I, I don't know how else you could say it. I mean, 460 uh, yards and 28 points, man, that's... But, man, I think they, I don't know how many they got in the fourth quarter when Clemson kind of was like, all right, we've got this in hand. We'll let them, you know, we'll, we just don't want them to get anything cheap. We'll make them earn what they're going to score. I mean, I don't. I think, I mean, I, need, I should have looked that up, but going to the fourth quarter, uh, this offense was nothing 
that you really want. Yeah, but I, I don't you think don't some of number one you get down by twenty points because your defense, of course, does not get a stop. Uh, I, and it didn't help that the kicker turned down to the thirty, and then one play touchdown. So that's three weeks in a row you've allowed the team to score a touchdown on the first drive of the second half. You've got to start winning these. But coin don't let game. the. I mean, see, this is the you've thing. You've got to start winning the coin tosses. You can't <laughs> let the other team have the ball to start the second half. Something's got to happen. You've got to win a coin toss. Uh, fair, fair enough. They got one hundred sixty-nine yards in the fourth quarter. So then they had 153 in the first. But, I mean, the, I guess my counter to that would be. 54 in the third, 84. It, my problem but is. Do you think, do you think Clemson, like Clemson's been ahead of a bunch of teams late in games. They right. don't give up 170 yards to anyone in the fourth quarter. What BC do in the fourth quarter down 35 to 3 or 35 to 10? What did NC State do? What did uh, Georgia Tech do? Like Clemson shuts down people. And especially when they get a lead, that's, you know, Katie bar the door, man. You don't have a chance because they're bringing pressure and you're not going to get back in the game. They are going to put you to sleep. Florida State's different, but they're four and three. You know, so you can you can slice it any way you want. That that I do think, man, I do think that what happened in the second half, Clemson didn't have backups on the field, especially when it's a 13-point game. They're not trying to let you just go score. I mean, they want you to take some time off the clock, but they're not trying to let you go score. They're trying. Jordan Travis ran hard, he made plays with his legs, and then he made some throws that weren't easy, that were covered. So I, I don't think that you can just chalk it up to they gave up or they stopped trying on defense. But it's certainly I, part of it, man. It, I mean, listen, he did make some but nice then throws. What, how do you explain the first half? Well, I think They the gave first... up 240 yards in the first half. So they gave up more yards in the first half. Like 90 so in the first that? drive. And the, the script they can script everything beautifully, but then when the bullets start matting, when the game matters, when the game is hanging in the balance, things go awry for them. The fourth quarter of the game Correct. is for Clemson yes. thinks it's over. All right, like I'm sorry, everybody. Clemson thinks the game is over in the fourth quarter. You all did too. You all left the stadium. Not criticizing yeah, you, you just did. stating the facts. Everybody. I'll criticize you. I guess my point with that is like there's only 12 of these a year. I get the students wanting to leave. You got stuff to do. Recess is open. The pool's open. Mm. You, bulls, pots. I got it. There's stuff to do on a, on a Saturday night when it's 11 o'clock. I don't understand the other people that left. Like there's only 12 of these games a year. There's only seven at home or six maybe this year. You want to get back. It just seemed odd that they all left when there was – it still wasn't completely out of reach. Like I get leaving after um, – the two fades to Johnny Wilson didn't work, and it's still thirty-four to fourteen, early, early fourth quarter. Okay, the game's over. I get it, I guess, but people had left well before that, and that was a little bizarre to me from a, a, a fan base that has really showed out for this team this year. Well, I think people want to enjoy their three hundred forty-five dollar eco Econo Lodge room. You know, I mean, you spend that much money on that <laughs> room. Want to get back Good in there, point. settle in. Yeah, you know? yeah, enjoy the amenities. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I just think at that point, Clemson is kind of, I don't want to say letting up, but I mean, the game was, it just felt decided. And then Florida State's yeah. not going to give up, credit to them, but at that point, the game is lost. So when things, the pressure is no longer mounting, and he's playing a little freer, a little looser, the quarterback, things start happening. And I, it's hard for me to, to make that the silver, I know that should be the silver line, but I don't, I don't take that as like a jumping off point. The fact that they ran down Clemson's throat, yeah, yeah. they ran the that, ball to amazing. me is the most encouraging is, thing, right? Yes, they ran the ball great. But, man, the, the passing game was all predicated on quick screen passes in that first drive. That was most of it. And then the second half, it came in the fourth. Everything else came in the fourth quarter. He threw for like 115 yards in the fourth quarter when Clemson was like, all right, man, like we're not going to just blitz and go nuts here and let you score a 70-yard touchdown on one play like you did against us last year. We're going we're gonna to make you soak up the clock as much as we can. And – we don't want to give credit to the defense, but the defense kept getting Clemson off the football field in the in the second half too. After that first drive, mostly, I mean, after the fake field, after the fake punt, which I mean, you have no leverage really as a defense. They held them to a field goal and then kind of did their job from then on out. Maybe a little too little too late for everybody, but man, you they got set up on that kickoff return and then an absolutely well drawn up and I guess just absolutely perfectly executed trick play. Um, you know, and then if you count, then they do not count turnovers on downs. But if you include that into yeah. into turnovers, man, the defense does not get a lot of favorable situations to try to kind of fight off of. And then that's and I don't want to sound again like I don't want to be the the Adam Fuller defender here. But when your drives start 
and you only got to go three plays to go cover 42 yards to get a touchdown before the half because you just recovered a fumble. And on the play, on the drive before that, you went only 39 yards on 12 plays because they turned it over on downs because they missed a fourth and two trying to go 27 yards down the field instead of throwing to Lawrence Toafili three yards yeah. upfield. I mean, th- that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not the nuanced guy here, but when you look at that stretch of drives that Clemson has on the drive chart, six straight scores – Man, Florida State had a touchdown on one of them, but then they turn over it on downs, they fumble it, they turn it over again on downs on the fake punt. I mean, that's that's not really setting your defense up for much success either. And I, I guess maybe you're at a well, point where you've you got to take chances. Turn, but They didn't, other than the fake punt, they weren't going for it on fourth down in their own territory. Like, even when you didn't get it because you didn't throw it to, you didn't throw it to Toa Feely, you threw it to Johnny Wilson, and the kid made a really good play, credit to him too. Yeah. But um, they didn't get the ball at year 40. You still could have stopped them. Um, you know, and, and I think this is all the part of the, the maturation part of a, a head coach. Like I was not in love at all. And I'm not just saying it cause it didn't work. Um, that is a perfect time, an opportune time to fake a punt. You're already down 17. You just got shocked on the first drive of the second half. A three and out is not what you need, but that's exactly what the defense on the other side thinks. Um, it wasn't exactly a, a well-executed play anyway. Like I thought Rector did good just to get four yards out of it and you needed five. Um, it just that, that I thought that was a little bit of a panic move there, but I get it too. You don't believe in your, uh, you don't, you didn't believe in your defense. I get it. Just gave up five straight scores and four of them were in their own territory that they started and they moved down. And that again, I, I get it. Like that you, when you look at the total numbers, 370 yards, they didn't do much at all in the second half. Um, they did get a couple of short fields, but you, you were up, you get a stop on you, you score, you get a stop, so you're up seven to nothing. You're getting the ball back. Well, that next drive didn't, and you get a really good, nice return from Pittman. You didn't do anything on that next drive. You give them the ball after another not great punt. Come on, man. Come on, Master Mono. We're gonna need you to start bombing some. Yeah, I think but, that's probably not happening. I mean, I mean, but we know he can do it. Yeah. Well, they they got a lot of guys that do great in practice. <laughs> sure. So, but either way, you let them go right down the field. You give them a. You just give them a sixty-yard touchdown, and that the that the defense has been so good at limiting big plays. I think they were third in the country coming in this game in fewest amount of explosive plays, and uh, they that did not that was not the case on Saturday night. You you could not give this deep this offense this Clemson offense, which is not the Deshaun Watson Trevor Lawrence Clemson offense. You couldn't just give them free touchdowns, and I thought that one where you blitz Knowles, who doesn't even spook him at all barely touches him goes makes right past him makes it home though no because no one i get it but no one's expecting it so you it, it's the give and take of it. i talked about on dominic on the the uh, watch along yeah i mean jamie's been blitzing a lot akeem's been blitzing a lot so you're probably yeah. keeping an eye out for those guys three we don't even know who he is on the scouting report you know so that frees him up because he's not accounted for and i get your and ira's point though in the wrap-up that even if he does get there which he did where the chance he's going to he doesn't have to take him down, but just affect the throw. Affect, affect the throw. It, and he didn't affect it at all. Um, and that doesn't give Akeem Den an excuse to let the guy run just right by him. Um, he didn't do his job well either. Um, but yeah, I just that I, I it, it, again, man, I'm not I'm not blaming Fuller for blitzing. Like I, I maybe I would have used somebody else just because again, Knowles is outweighed by 65 pounds there. I I don't know how big a running start he would get to be able to tackle that kid at 255 pounds. But even still. It doesn't. It doesn't excuse your safety, who was a former cornerback, letting a guy just run free by seven yards. Uh, and and DJ saw it. Credit to him. He saw it and made a good throw. But it was such an easy throw to make. You just gave him that, and you had done such a good job all year of not giving up big plays. But you gave up that big play. You gave up another long Shipley run. I think right before the half, after the fumble. That's a big run. That's a forty-something yard run. And then you gave up the obviously the kick return right after half. And that's the game, man. Uh, also, that so, second and that second and fourteen in the first half, that ended so up becoming that, third and two. I, that that and angers look, me. But that's, I agree. But that's look, Shaheen Brown. I think could be is going to be a player, man. I I I got some good feelings about him. He played a lot in that game. He graded out um, pretty high, at least yeah. as far as the defense went. Um, he played a lot in the second half. I don't know if Akeem Dan is banged up or he just wasn't playing. Well, he definitely wasn't playing well, but I don't know if he was banged up. But Shaheen Brown played a lot and played well, I thought, for a good portion of that game. It has made some plays for this team. But on that second and 14, he takes a horrible angle. Mm-hmm. 
And that gives them 11 yards. And it seemed like every time they had a third down, it was third and one or third and two. And when if he makes the right read on that little screen pass to the tight end on second and 14, it is going to be third and nine, not third and one or third and two. And then they, of course, get it. Because, look, Shipley runs really hard, man. He is a good football player. Yeah. And then the quarterback's a giant. So third and one for Clemson is basically a first down. It's not really a third down. It's a first down. It's an extension of first. They know they're going to get it. Um, and if they don't get it, they're going to get it on fourth down. So, um, yeah, that was a bad play by Shaheem. But you're right. That's a, those are the plays. We don't. We yes, of course, the turnover was a crucial. Um, but it's those little plays too, man. Second fourteen, your safety, your talented safety. If he makes the right read and gets the right leverage, instead of darting inside and letting him get to the sideline, darts outside, makes him cut back into his pursuit. It's third and nine, and maybe they don't score on that drive. But they uh, he did not do that, and they did score. Yeah, and a lot of the gashes that Clemson had, and we're not going to be able to speak to the coordinators this week because they're off this week, but the following Monday, not today, but next Monday, we'll, we'll get Adam Fuller and, and Alex Atkins and John Papuchas. But I do wonder how many of those sort of uh, missed assignments because most of the gashes that they had running Clemson when it was Will Shipley was, was linebackers missing the gap. I mean, just going yeah. into the wad of bodies and not covering an assigned gap, it seems like. And, you know, Tatum Bethune was the kind of the guy that got circled a few times during the telecast. He did not grade out well. He was second lowest on the entire team behind Akeem. So, you know, again, is, is that being coached? Is that not trusting, you know, your fundamentals? Is that instinctual stuff? You know, we'll, we'll hopefully find out maybe a little more of that next week, although hopefully we'll have this buried and looking forward to Georgia Tech. Only thing I did want to say before we get to a little break here, Corey, and I hate throwing a bunch of numbers at people on a podcast. I get it. Like, I'll listen to Rosillo, and he just rips off, like, 20 dudes and their, you know, points, rebounds, and assists. I'm like, I can't keep up with all this. But in terms of how the defense played, Clemson scoring drives, 73 yards, touchdown, 75 yards, touchdown, 39-yard field goal, 42 yards, touchdown, 31 yards, touchdown, 18 yards, and they get a field goal. Florida State, meanwhile, man, you want to talk about earning it. Their first touchdown, 75 yards. That second touchdown drive, 93 yards. And then the two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter, 60 and 94. So, yeah. I mean, when it comes to, a, like, not ha- – I mean, they they had to move the ball. I mean, Florida State earned their 28. I don't think Clemson's 34 were nearly as equal and as uh, rightfully earned as Florida State's 28, but that's not the way they count things. And obviously with them turning the ball over the way they did, I don't want to sound like I'm sick of for the defense. This is more just I don't want us to give the offense – I don't want to celebrate this offense too much. The run game, absolutely. But some of the past situations, the way they're managing – Shorter yardage, distance plays. In crucial moments, man, they've got to figure out a way to get better at this. And I know he's a young guy. He's 41, man, but he's on to year eight of head coaching now, I think. So we're familiar with what we have, who we are. We're calling the plays. We just need to be in a little more solid situation where this quarterback feels more comfortable because when he feels comfortable, when there's not a lot of pressure at the end of the game or that opening drive, he looks amazing. But when the pressure is there, man, and things aren't on schedule, it's not the first read's not open. We just we see uncomfortability, which is not exclusive to Jordan Travis, but you can't have it rear itself when you're trying to go into halftime up and then you're down by two possessions. Yeah, and it was a bummer with the with the fumble too, because he even felt it. Like he went and covered up the ball or tried to, yeah. but it was knocked out before he could. And um, look, we can give him a, a, a bit of grief for fumbling there. That's not great. Don't fumble when you're hit. I mean, that is a crucial, crucial play. He had a crucial fumble against Wake Forest, too, in the middle of a run that did not help. Um, but your, your, you know, your right tackle got beat by a top 10 pick. That, that, and when, when we judge these games these last two weeks and how the offenses looked or not looked, I think that's what I keep coming back to because I want to judge them, too. Like, there was that stretch where even though they moved the ball at times, it wasn't a complete three-and-out fest like the second half of NC State. They did move the ball during that span where they weren't scoring. Um, It was not great. They did struggle at times, and they didn't score points, which is the name of the game, score points. But, I mean, that's a good defense. That's what was so disappointing about the game to me on Saturday is Clemson's offense is fine. It's okay. Right. It's not incredible. They're not. They're, they're, there's no incredible playmakers on that side of the ball. The quarterback was fine. You give him time to throw, he'll make some plays. He'll find. He'll eventually find the tight end you've left wide open in the flat somehow. And that's what I come back to is how hard it was for Florida State to score. And they did a couple times. 
inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line. They had to go for it on fourth and one, and Lundy barely gets in there Tripped after tripping. over. I mean, yeah. come on. But he got in. He did. He and did. then they got in with the Ja'Kai Douglas catch on fourth down. Clemson makes it really hard for you inside the 10-yard line. What does Florida State do? Hey, DJ, you can walk into the end zone here. We're going to be really shocked that you kept the ball and pulled it here. That's And, oh, you got a tight end out in the flat. We just won't cover them. You gave them those touchdowns. Mm. And that's what's, that was what was so discouraging to me. Is like, if they didn't go earn it, it wasn't DJ running four quarterback sneaks and just bowling ahead. He walked into the end zone. And, and then he, he found a tight end, finally. He, he didn't see him right away, but he found a tight end wide open in the flat because you had a communication error. And that's something that just hadn't been happening with this defense. It just seemed out of character. The, you know, the defense, I thought, clearly was the strength against NC State. And for the most part, I know they weren't great against Wake Forest, but Wake Forest made some plays. Um, I don't remember Wake Forest just having dudes running free. And it just seemed like Clemson, the, a couple of times, there was just horrible communication or not any awareness within the game to think, oh, maybe the quarterback will keep it here. I'm really stunned that he kept it here and just walked into the end zone. Those are, those are back-breaking plays, man. And yes, it does hurt that you don't have Fabian Lovett, which, as, we, as Norvell said after the game Saturday, he was close to playing but couldn't, but that's good news for the final five games, so that should mean that he's ready to go for the final five games. And you might be saying, oh, great, he misses the three biggest games of the year. These five games are huge. They are huge for the future of this program, for Norvell's tenure, for this team, um, because they're all winnable. I'm not predicting they're going to win them all, but they are all winnable games. Um, but yeah, I, I just that's to me, when you look at the, the two sides of the ball and what you're more disappointed in, I just think we you do have to factor in, man, Clemson has a defense, a good one. So you're not going to just go up and down the field against those guys. They do make plays. And yes, they make a lot of quarterbacks look bad at times. On the whole, the way you ran the ball, yes. the way for the most part I thought Jordan Travis played, that was encouraging because you are not going to face another team like that for the rest of the season. And if you could put up 460 and 28 on Clemson, you know, that should extrapolate to some pretty good numbers the rest of the way. You're not playing a lot of pushovers, though. Like, Syracuse has a good defense. Miami has a pretty good defense. Florida, yeah, maybe not so much. But you you were going to face some some real teams still, but you're not going to face a defensive line, uh, sorry, a front seven that has probably out of the front seven that play a lot, six NFL guys, three or four first-round picks. That You're just not going to see that. Yeah. Hopefully they don't play down their competition either. It's one thing, though, to be able Correct. to – rise up and play like that, especially with the way the crowd was early on in the game. But how, about the, how about the way they ran the ball, man? I, I am legitimately stunned, and I said it multiple times throughout the week. It's like, what, what, there's no point in even trying to run. You're not going to be able to run against this team, and I was 100% wrong. I, it, it was it, Toa Feely, to me, is a different dude. I love the way that guy plays. He runs hard. He gets tough yards, as far, and he also gets some, you know, he can make some big plays. But he's more of a tough runner than I ever thought he would be. And then Benson, I thought, ran like a man for a good portion of that game, too. I thought that your running backs were good. Jordan Travis's legs add a different element that we hadn't seen much this year until the last two weeks. All of that is positive as you move into the bye week. You hope everybody gets healthy and you continue throughout the season. But I was really encouraged in not garbage time fourth quarter stuff. I was really encouraged with the way they ran the ball against Clemson, literally the whole game. Your favorite athletes, they're always striving to put themselves in winning position. It's about time you did too. You can do it with MyBookie.ag. MyBookie's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, RIP Braves, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, we're hitting week eight now, the college football season. You've got all the data you need. That time, it's now. Make your winning move today. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, the promo code's WARCHANT to claim your bonus. Uh, we split last week. I thought Alabama was going to win. Corey said Tennessee. Uh, Corey's right. Uh, Corey thought Florida probably. I thought LSU. I was right. Mm. So we'll give you uh, we'll give you we'll try not to hedge each other that much. We'll try to give you some more definitive stuff throughout the week. Experience sports in a whole new light. Make the season a winning one over at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Promo code WARCHANT.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Corey, you did mention these next five games, all winnable, uh, all crucial in their own individual sort of way here uh, for maybe the, the trajectory of, of Mike Norvell's tenure at Florida State. Sounds like the recruits liked it a lot. Keldrick Falk, uh, four-star defensive end, maybe a five-star in some recurring services, I think said that he's going to probably shut down his commitment. That's how uh, committed he is to Florida State right now. Hakeem Williams was on campus, seemed to have a really good time. So, you know, we heard Derek McClendon talk about the buy-in or not the buy-in, but just, you know, they're not going to give up. They're going to, you know, grow closer. They have to grow tighter in these games. But I mean, they're, they've got a week to lick their wounds and then they're, they're right back at it. And it's going to be really tough to, to kind of get things back on the right track. But this is all kind of against the backdrop of everything that happened across the country on Saturday too, where you see, you know, Tennessee upset Alabama and you thought maybe you could have that magic there in year two of their head coach. Uh, TCU falls down early to Oklahoma State. Uh, year one of Sonny Dykes with his backup quarterback, they they storm ahead and, and find a way to, to beat Oklahoma State. TCU's got the inside track to maybe win the Big 12. You see all this stuff happening around the country. You see these other programs that have struggled. They've been on hard times. Tennessee's gone through coach after coach after coach. And I don't know how many Power 5 programs, when a coach takes over, it's a good situation. Most Most guys aren't eager to walk away from a job that pays them four or five million dollars a year so usually you're inheriting some sort of issues and we're seeing the way they're progressing i don't know how much of that's factoring into other people's uh, sort of psyche or the way they're grading things are going with florida state right now but what has to be accomplished in these next five games i mean is is it get to eight is it is it some combination of beating miami and florida and who cares whatever else happens uh, just just when you see these next five games mapped out what has to happen for florida state to to feel good and I don't. Is this going to be? Is this going to be week to week? Are we back now to being week to week with this team? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's week to week. Um, I you know, look, I I think at the end of this season, the way it started, uh, and not just the way it started. I know you've lost these three games. You 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 were prove you. I hope are proving to the fan base and to yourselves that you're not overwhelmed by any of these teams. And and look, I know that's a low bar to clear, and that's not you. As Norvell said on Saturday night, they're not into moral victories. It's crap. Um, it's crap. That's, crap. that's what he said. I'm not into that crap. I get it. Oh, no, nobody at Florida State is really. But when you think about um, what this team looked like, you you know, before Norvell got here, when they played Clemson the first the last two times. Again, remember they were they were down fifty nine to three the last time Clemson was in that building, and Clemson was throwing fades to Dabo's kid to try to get him a touchdown. Uh, Sante Samuel broke one up uh, against Dabo's kid because he was trying to get him a touchdown and Doke up fifty nine to three, just an utter joke. No, I'm not mad at Dabo for trying it. I'm just saying it was a joke of a game. There was no competition. The next year, I think you're down forty two to nothing, up at Clemson in nineteen. It's yep. at least twenty eight to nothing at half. I think it's forty two to nothing. So when you think about where you were in relation to Clemson, and then you think about the last two years where you're leading the fourth quarter, and then you're maybe an onside kick recovery away from having a real chance to win in front of you know 11,000 people, but a real chance to win, it comes down to an onside kick. There, is, there, there are strides being made. It's, again, like we said last week, it's not happening as fast as I know you want. It's not happening as fast as it, as it has in Knoxville. I get it. But there are strides being made. It is a better program. But at some point, the the rewards have to be in the in the actual scoreboard and not just hey be patient be patient be calm go win some games and that comes down to playing better uh in situationally it comes down to maybe coaching a little bit better when it matters um it, but it's all it's all a part of it but when you look at the the totality of this team and what you're looking for this season 
You're four and three. I mean, I think all of us had them penciled in anywhere from four and three to five and two, being optimistic mm -hmm. after seven games. They're four and three, which is not great when you start out four and yeah, zero. Exactly. Understood. Yeah. Understood. It's it's you don't you don't want to uh, you know start a four game winning streak and then follow it up with a three game losing streak. That's gross. Quit doing that. Uh, but the schedule softens up, and what I wonder about, and I wrote about this in my column, the, my biggest concern is where is the psyche of this team? Does it still believe it's one of the top 20 teams in the country? Because I do think it's a top 20 team. I know they've lost three games in a row, but they've lost. Look, Wake Forest is really good. They took that Clemson team to overtime and should have beaten them, and y'all saw that Clemson team up close. Clemson's really good. Uh, and NC State is not really good, but they did have their quarterback for a majority of that game, and their defense is really good. Um, so those are three tough, your three toughest games. You don't know this when the schedule's laid out, but your three toughest games happen to be back to back to back. And well, you lost them all, which isn't great, but they're back to back to back. You, you hope that doesn't crush your spirit enough where now Georgia Tech is a tough game in the fourth quarter. Now you go to Miami and don't play well. You play Florida, who's not very good. They're not awful. They certainly can beat you, but they're not great either. All these teams are so imminently beatable that you just hope that this three-game losing streak has not knocked the wind out of you. And that you can't, because we hear all this time about response and mental toughness, like I talked about earlier. Well, now's the time, man. Yes, you went through a three-game losing streak. If you happen to win these next five games, which would include two wins over your rivals, and you finish nine and three, with a chance to win 10 games, That's people in this fan base will be over the moon. And when you watch this team play, man, they aren't far away. How, they aren't. That's not. But is that exclusive to Florida State and the teams that are not ranked that are outside of it right now? I mean, I just, I, I feel no. like. It, no, it's not. But I, I guess it's. I mean, Kansas you, now is no longer receiving votes. Kansas is like, man, we lost. Did they lose in overtime to TCU? Um, you know, they, they yeah, and then they of, gave up. They lost by 10 to Oklahoma with a backup. You know, their quarterback's out for the year. Yeah, um, LSU Kansas, is yeah. on the outside looking in yes. right now. And, I mean, there's they could talk about losing. the That just, I get it. Like, we're so focused on Florida State. I understand what you're saying. And this team is so close from being, who knows, 6-1 and one right now, 5-2 and two possibly. But but they're not, man, and it's and it's like year three. So there's a minority of people that are vocal that and they are quickly hushed. By the masses on Warchant.com. Shout out to all the positive people. But I think that's what they're trying to voice. Like, man, it's not just – this isn't something that happens just to Florida State. Like, any team can say these sort of things are happening to them. At what point do we stop, you know, not making excuses, but just stop trying to qualify and hedge and start really brass tacking this down to – But is, man, that you've, after, you've got, is, that, is that supposed to happen after you lose to the number four team in the country? Like that, I, I get it. Like, and in, in before that, you lost to the 15th team in the country on the road. And then before that, you lost to a team that's a top 10-ish team at home. Well, yeah, because like, you, you've had opportunities to beat sure, those and you've teams. wasted them. You've yeah. wasted them. But that doesn't mean that things aren't better. Right. And that For things aren't moving in the right direction. I get it. But, like, that's what I, I like. Losing to Clemson doesn't seem like the time to be like, man, this isn't going anywhere. He's just not getting it done. All right, that's Look, fair. You know what I mean? The, yeah. He can't beat Dabo. When, who has beaten Dabo the last 14 games? Nobody. The dude is 67 and 68 and 8 in his last 76 games. People don't beat uh, Dabo. Um, I hate it. Uh, I hate it for you. How did this happen, man? It's nuts, but that's the truth. They, they People don't beat Dabo. Um, I thought they had a chance. I thought they had a good chance this Saturday night. And, the, and I, you know, I'd say it again. I thought the defense let him down when it mattered. Um, but well, they all let him down. The special teams was awful too. Everybody so had a hand in on it. Everybody yeah. really, legitimately had a hand in it. Bad um, coaching, except bad my man Toa Feely. Yeah. My man Toa Feely played well. Throw him on. the ball, Jordan, on fourth and two. Throw my man the ball. He'd have gotten you the first down. But I think the next five games is where you judge this team, this particular team, and and in essence, I guess you judge where you are with Norvell after these five weeks. I just, it's a three game losing streak, which are always tough to swallow. Uh, you were an underdog in two of them. I, it's, not, it's not the end of the world to lose three games in a row. If you lose to Georgia Tech, it's the end of the world. Hmm. Legitimately. Like, that's where you're like, okay, I would completely understand people jumping off the bandwagon and being all like, this ain't it. This guy preaches this, this, and this. You're coming off a bye week. 
you have a good offense. Like, uh, legitimately, PFF still has Florida State as the number nine offense in the country and the number 18 team in the country, which I don't think is crazy. They've lost to three good teams. You know, Very NC State teams. hasn't lost a game, but NC Wait, State hasn't lost a game up. in Raleigh in two years. You know, they haven't. Two and a half years. Um, Wake Forest is good. They've lost one game this year, and it was essentially by one play against Clemson. And then Clemson, obviously, is good and hasn't lost in 14 games. So they've lost to real teams. Now's a matter of we, we want to see where you are against the lesser teams. And again, it's not like you're expecting a cakewalk. I don't know how many of these games they'll be favored. I would think four of the next five they'll be favored. They might be an underdog at Miami. We'll see. But... They can win these games, and they should win four of them. If they only win two or three or, one, God forbid, one of the five, uh, yeah, man, there is a real conversation that has to happen. I still don't think there's really, I mean, I save an eight-game losing streak to close out the season. I don't know that there's really any trouble of Mike Norbell and his job on the line, mm -hmm. but the direction of the program is on the line. How you feel about the program is on the line. And yes, I get it. You don't want to keep losing these close games and saying, well, look how close we are. But that it's it's better than two years ago. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you can see real strides in that this program is close. They went to Raleigh two years ago, and Bailey, I don't know if it was Bailey Hawkman. I think it was Bailey Hawkman. Could have named his score. Bailey effing Hawkman. And then this year, they, they fiddle fart away and give them the game away. Give the game away. But they were a better team than NC State. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know what I mean? I th th so that's how yeah. much they've gone grown think, in two years. I don't think people are disputing improvement, though. I just it's not. So then, what's the like? I guess I I get just being frustrated, but is that what it is? Is just frustration, which I understand, or I don't get people saying this isn't working. That's right. what I don't get. Like you can you can be mad about the losses and frustrated about how they're they're coaching in moments and how they're playing in moments. But also understand, firing a head coach right now would be the would be awful for what your program is trying to build. You either believe in this guy or you don't. You either believe in what he's what he's uh, bringing to this team or you don't. And I I do believe in how much better this team is. Can this guy get to twelve wins and win championships? I don't know, but I think he can get you. How many he can, can certainly though? get you to a nineish or tenish type window. He can get you in there, and then you see what happens after that. Well, that's the thing. I think you, you know you're you're a Florida State fan. Uh, you still have visions of the dynasty yeah. and prime Jimbo Jameis run, and and that that is man, that is the standard here at Florida State. And you're yeah. not close to that at all. Um, as you you know hit the midway point of year three, and and I don't know, man. This is me probably projecting. I don't know how many of these fans are really paying attention to what's going on across the country, but like, yeah, man, Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee will probably get steamrolled by Georgia at some point. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But God like, willing. God <laughs> willing, Aslan. You know, like, and that's the thing. It's like, well, we don't want to be Tennessee. And that's what people, it's, every other fan base, like, listen, we got to we gotta hunker down with Clay Helton. We can't just keep firing coaches. We can't be the next Tennessee. Look look how this is paying off. Well, man, it, I don't think Norvell is, like, the wrong hire or a bad hire. I don't think hire. Norvell was, is uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's clearly whatever happens here in the next two, three years or whatever, will have left this place a better place than he found it, which to that we would have to thank him for. But what maybe you just didn't make a good hire. Like Southern Cal, like maybe maybe Lane wasn't ready. Maybe Clay Helton wasn't ready. You know, maybe Derek Dooley, just because he coached under Nick Saban for two years, wasn't ready. Maybe, you know, Butch Jones, just because he did well at Cincinnati, taking over Brian Kelly, wasn't good enough. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt, clearly not good enough. So you get this, you'll... We'll get to it, I think, at the end of the season where you, you figure out. Yeah, right. Do but at we... the end of the season, right? That's I think that's the key to everything you're just saying. Let's let's see what it looks like at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. We always we always kind of knew that, but we get a little short-sighted here as we go week to week as we cover a team every single day on a podcast. But um, if they can play as good as – again, listen, they had a chance to beat these teams and they, and they, yeah. they didn't execute – Hopefully you don't find yourself in, in – when you do find yourself in those similar situations, it is Georgia Tech. It is Louisiana. Right. It is yeah, Miami. Because some so. teams don't take advantage when you play poorly. They don't get to hand it off to Will Shipley yeah. after a turnover. You know what I mean? Or they don't have that kid returning a kick 70 yards to open the second half. They don't have guys like that. And they don't have a first-round pick coming off the edge forcing that fumble. 
even if your right tackle, your left tackle misses a step and doesn't play well. Well, not everybody has a Miles Murphy that's coming off the edge and forcing a fumble. Um, or, or, you know, you make, you know, the, the one of the plays early in the first ha- second half was just like it looked like Maurice Smith was confused about which way the run was going. And all of a sudden they handed to Toa Feely in the backfield and it's second and 15. And Maurice Smith's looking around like, why did you run that way? Like, that's what it looked like to me. Like, he looked genuinely upset at someone. Not him for getting beat, because it looked like he thought he was supposed to let him go inside, and that obviously uh, he wasn't, because it ended up being a five-yard loss. But other teams that you're playing down the line maybe can't take advantage of it, like uh, like Clemson or Sam Hartman can. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. Um, there's still some good quarterbacks on the, on the, um, on the schedule. Uh, Van Dyke seems to have figured it out a little bit, although they got up 17-0 in that game against a really awful Virginia Tech team and uh, and, and hung on to win. So you're still not completely – that's going to be a close game in Miami. You're not going to go down there and, and you know roll them, but that that is a, certainly a winnable game. It's a game you should win, and you should you be could. disappointed they're, if you don't. They're not – That's and that's, a, that's the you crucial thing, You should be disappointed too. if you don't beat Miami. That is year one of him. They do yeah. not look good at all. That's the thing yeah. I was telling Ira this. You're one of I, uh, Napier at Florida, too. Exactly. I'm like, here's yeah. the good news, bad news. Good news, Miami and Florida look very bad. They do not look – I should say very bad. They do not look good at all, Miami and Florida. That's the good news. Bad news is if you lose to those teams, it is going to be exponentially harder to swallow yes. because of their status right now and the way they are in their rebuilds, respectively. But, um, again – and, and you go look at – like, go look at, like, North Carolina's schedule. I think North Carolina is six and one. Correct. They're ranked now. They're ranked. What would Florida State be with that schedule in your mind? Let's see if we can pull it up, Aslan. Aslan cannot pull. Yeah, pull that bad boy up. I'm legitimately because I mean they just didn't get a great break with this schedule, man. I know that's not an excuse. Well, I don't know, man. They you caught LSU at a good time. That's pretty cool. But Uh, it's still LSU. You didn't open up with Fam like North Carolina did. No one told you to book that that game. (laughs) But I'm saying that's a tough schedule. I mean, that's a tough game. LSU in New Orleans isn't easy. I don't know that North Carolina is going to win that game. No okay. matter when you're playing LSU, yeah. uh, Florida A&M. So that's one and zero. And Florida A&M didn't have like thirty players for yeah, that game. Right, exactly right. Yes, <laughs> and it was fifty six twenty four. Shout out to Willie Simmons. He's a very good coach, doing a great job there. That was a ridiculous way to for them to have to start their yeah. season. At App State, two and zero. Sneaky tough. Sneaky tough though. That's that would be like at UCF for Florida State. That's you got to kind of factor that in. At, sure, but at, I still think it's okay. two and zero. I got you. At Georgia State, three and zero. Uh, Notre Dame at home, four and Virginia Tech, five and at Miami. We'll see. We'll yeah. we'll even give them a loss there, five and one. <laughs> and then somehow at, five and one at Duke. Yeah, six and one. The worst they'd be is six and one, and they're probably seven and seven and zero and ranked ninth in the country. We say that so, now. <laughs> we say that now. Let's see how they do against Syracuse and Georgia Tech. Because if if they don't play well against those Florida State, I'm saying right now we can look at this and be like, yeah, with Florida, Florida State's playing the first half of the season with their schedule against this schedule for sure. But if they struggle against Georgia Tech, maybe lose to Syracuse, you probably would reassess how they would play against Notre Dame or an App State. Yeah, Me sure. At least. I, yeah, absolutely. But when you look when you look at the schedule, man. So I'm just looking at PFF and this again. I we just put plenty of grains of salt into this. Wake Forest by PFF PFF standards is the sixth best team in the country, right between Georgia and Alabama. Syracuse is 11th. Uh, Florida State 18th. Clemson 20th. Florida 27th. And Power like, Five or of all of FBS? All of them. All, all of right, them. Right. So th- these are those aren't easy team. And NC State would be up there if they hadn't lost their quarterback. So. These aren't. It's just. A, it's been a tough schedule. You're a te- you, you're you're a team that could have used such a so- soft opening and you didn't get it. And you could have used Wake Forest not to be good. That would have helped. Or their quarterback like to still Wake Forest. Still been or, sick. Yeah, Sam Hartman to still have. You know, God love you, Sam. Maybe some blood clot issues. <laughs> um, just for that week. Um, and then you win that game. Like our NC. You just you gave again. I think it all comes back to the way you view this team right now. And it's you, fair. You, you glossed over them, but you did get NC State and their backup quarterback who can't do anything, and he had three yes, scoring drives. Yes, and that's the one the you blew. Yeah. That's the one you blew. That's the game you blew. Yeah. That's the game where that's going to eat at you the whole year because I do think if you win that game, at worst you're a nine-win team. Yeah. 
I you just should do. be I five. We can okay. I'll, yeah, I'll give I you think five they should two, be five and two, which I think sounds a five so and two much. Team and they're a four and three. It sounds so much better than four and three. Sounds yeah, so absolutely because it's also not a three-game losing streak. If you're five and two going into a bye and you just lost to Clemson by six points, you're like awesome, man. Yeah, these. But four and three, I get it. A three-game losing streak, you just blew the game in Raleigh, which again, you you blew it. It's it, your job is to win games, not come close. Your job is to win games, and you didn't win it, but. You built a team that was a absolute train wreck dumpster fire. And you built it into a team that again is anywhere in my opinion from 18 to 30 whatever however you want to fra- however you want to rank these teams. They're not going to get blown off the field. They shouldn't be anyway by anyone. They can play with almost anyone. 2 years ago they couldn't play they they you couldn't say that about but maybe 8 teams in the Power 5. They were awful. And last year they started out awful. And now they, they've proven where they're they're right in the thick of things. But again, it's about playing those situations better, getting better players, that always helps, in winning those close moments instead of losing them. And not melting down to give the team a twenty seven to nothing run or a twenty eight nothing run. And I think that goes that's that's from top down. Like again, we this head coach preaches mental toughness and response a lot. He believes in it with all his heart. This culture, I think, has gotten so much better. But, man, you cannot at home give up, get, let teams go on 27- and 28-point runs. You just can't do it. And they've done it twice, and they've lost both games. The clutch shot. The biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week you heard the man time for the zaxby's indescribably good player of the week i'm going to go to the uh, the hard court shout out to mila sarich florida state women's tennis uh, she made it to the round of 32 at the ita southeast regional championships on friday she smoked the competition uh, taking out taylor dean in straight set 6-4-6-1 and then katarina philip 6-3-6-3 from fau she's currently ranked 75th in the nation by the International Tennis Association. So shout out to her getting it done. Uh, I keep not, not going to give it to a football person every week, everybody. I'm just not going to do it. Not when they lose. Corey, fix it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Will Shipley from Clemson. I thought he was the difference in the – no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick a Florida State guy. And I've talked about him already in the show, but, man, I could not be more impressed with the way Lawrence Toafili has, has become this kind of running back. Um, he had a great run – it was in the Wake Forest game. It was still lost, so these all these all get uh, lost when, when you lose. But he had a great first down run against Wake Forest in that game because he put his head down and ran hard. And I thought in that Clemson game, Aslan, he ran really hard. His numbers aren't incredible, but, my man, let's look at it. He had 11 carries for 68 yards with a long of 25. He averaged 6.2 against Clemson. Trey Benson, by the way, averaged 9, 9.9. But he also had six catches for 45 yards. And he was a weapon uh, at Raleigh out of the backfield, too, catching the ball. He is a he is a turning into just such a better running back than I ever thought he would be, specifically last September. I was like, well, this kid just isn't he, – he doesn't get it. He's not going to be a great college football player. Now I'm not so sure. I think this guy is a weapon. I love the way he runs. Uh, he's so hard. He's angular. He makes guys miss. He falls forward. Just Lawrence Toafili, just the way he's playing, man. It's indescribable, I should say, Aslan. So he's going to be my indescribably good uh, player of the week, even in a loss. Shipley, you get it next time. Mila Saric and Lawrence Toafili are Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. And then on the way out, um, I'm I'm not, you know, going to pump sunshine. It's not what I do. It's not what we do on the show. It's not what we do on the website. Uh, We're pragmatic, some of us more than others. Uh, Maybe I'm not as pragmatic. But hearing that, that... Fabian Lovett's going to be back. Now, listen, they get they get a week off, and they're back home against Georgia Tech. We don't know, I don't think, what time the kickoff is. We'll have to see how they do on Thursday night against Virginia. Uh, I don't know, lose, so it's a noon game. I can't do any more night games, man. It's too old, Corey. It's going to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. is just 3.30 not... would be great. 3.30 would be perfect. I just want to be done, man. Um, I don't even know if we got a good week of games while we're on a bye week here. But the fact that Fabian Lovett will be rested up and most likely yeah. ready to go more another two weeks for Robert Scott to get right, Robert Cooper to get right. Who knows? Duke Cooper could certainly use some time off if you're looking at his mm. PFF numbers. Yeah. Uh, I mean that, if if anything, should maybe even make you feel that much encouraged or just hopeful 
for these next five games. Everybody's getting banged up. Certain teams have already been on their bye week. I don't know who, who on our schedule remaining is going to have one before they face us here. But the return of those guys, especially Fabian, and then those guys being healthier, being able to execute at a higher level, maybe Darion Williamson even comes back. Maybe that's the one thing that we really do need to kind of keep a focus on here when we're able to see practice uh, for the next week or Trace so. Trace Ward, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that those those guys change and affect things. We saw Ja'Kai. I mean, Ja'Kai, we could – you could kind of laugh and scoff that we talked about him for 12 minutes on a show last week, but you know if he didn't have an illegal motion, you know he had a really nice catch, got a foot down on on a yeah. play in the second half, and he caught a touchdown. So all these guys coming back uh, could certainly help Florida State's fortunes moving forward because it's a uh, it's a softer schedule, but still tricky games at Syracuse, at Miami, and then of course uh, the Gators. Yeah, what did they call on that play? It was I know it was an illegal shift, but it wasn't because two guys were in motion, right? Because Correct. Clemson was doing that the whole time. It was just uh, Jakai or somebody else didn't get set. I th- either he didn't get set for a full second, or he he moved forward. Like when he went in motion, he didn't. He wasn't going laterally. He actually like moved closer to the yeah, line of scrimmage. That was troubling. There were a couple of pre-snap penalties. That one in particular that took away a th- it was one of Jordan's best plays. It took away a thirty-yard yeah. throw over the say. I mean, that was a really nice play. Mm-hmm. And you just gave it away because you shifted too early or you didn't get set. And that's just, that comes back to details. But yeah, man, you know, look, it's not just you're getting Fabian Lovett back, which is a huge deal. He's probably the best player in your defense or the second best player in your defense. Not probably. He is either one or two, depending on how you rank him in verse. But Jamie? Bethune. No love for Jamie? And Jamie, Jamie too. So Jamie's not 100%. No. Tatum Bethune is not 100%. Robert Cooper has not been 100%. Robert Scott clearly isn't 100%. Jared Burse isn't 100%. And obviously Fabian Lovett wasn't 100%. Well, they all could be close to 100% after two weeks off. You know, Trayshawn Ward might be back. Yeah, as close, you know, to 100% as, close as they can be, be in yeah. late October. Yeah. That, man, that, that, I just want to see what it looks like, man. Hmm. I just want to see what it looks like. It's they, they have been beset by not just crippling injuries, but nagging injuries where the guys aren't really themselves because they're playing through something. So two weeks off for some of these guys could be enormous. Maybe a Marion Cooper too, because again, what was he on the field for nine plays in that game? And he gives up a huge third down throw, just like he did against Wake. Yeah, it's a great throw. It's a nice throw. It's a nice adjustment. But they're going to pick on 13 right now. If he's in the game, they're throwing his way. 22, That's, PFF said. They gave him 22 snaps. I wouldn't have thought he was on the field for that much. But, of course, you know, they threw to him twice, and he gave up two completions. This is not the Amarian we've grown to know. Um, so, hopefully that changes. But I just think that, you know, they it's not just getting Fabian Lovett back. It's getting these guys healthy. That that I just want to see what it looks like for this stretch run. I think there is a chance. I don't know what percentage it is. There is a chance you look at these five games and go, wow, man, that was really impressive. And I just wish he'd gotten to see those guys when they were, uh, if they could have been 100% for the whole year or close, as close as they could have been to it. Because Fabian Lovett is a huge loss. Um, it's just been a huge loss. It just has been. Um, so hope, because he's a very, very good football player. And, and hit, getting him back is almost like a free agent acquisition in the middle of the season, an NIL acquisition. So stay healthy, get healthy. And let's see where these five games go, man, because they have a chance at the end of the year to be 8-4 and or 9-3. and three. And before the season, if we'd have told you guys that, you would have taken that, especially if you're like, hey, man, Florida State's going to go 9-3. and three. Their three losses are basically by a touchdown to Wake Forest, very good team. You blow a game in Raleigh that you should have won, and you lose to Clemson by six. But you win all the other ones. You all would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat. But that's still far away. It's though, not man. there. Yeah, it's, it's only five wins. It's only five short wins away, Aslan. But that. But we're going to see Florida State at as full strength as it can possibly be in late October. Hopefully, they can stay healthy and avoid this stupid injury bug that's killed them, and they can play those better moments better. But it's still all out there. Yeah. Everything you wanted this season to be, because nobody, I don't think, rationally was thinking about a championship or an ACC Atlantic Division title. Now, maybe the goalposts changed after four zero start. But I think most of us were realists about what this team was. It's not like they blew LSU and Louisville off the field. So we knew what this team kind of was. So a 9-3 and three season, an 8-4 and four season, I think, you, I mean, you're, you feel good about the direction of the program, man. You do. But you have to go beat Georgia Tech. Get healthy. Go beat Georgia Tech. And let's, let's just take it one week at a time, my man. Hmm. One week at a time. 
We'll be at practice tomorrow. As for today, no press conference, but be over at WarChant.com. Irish show fells 3-2-1. Absolute must-read college football content breaking down the week that was at Florida State and looking ahead to um, the future here in these next few weeks for Florida State. That'll be up on the website. Jeff Cameron show 1-3 to o'clock. And then we'll drop a pod for you folks on Tuesday, uh, get you ready and going. And we'll be at practice Tuesday and Wednesday, interviews, all that kind of stuff, and headlines as well. So it's an off week for some. Not for us, though. Mm. Mm. Sign up. Again, it's only 10 bucks for an entire year. Wouldn't you please? Hit the thumbs up if you made it this far. A five-star rating review on Apple. And, of course, podcast app, search Wake Up or Chant. Hit the one on the right. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up or Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.